shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. James McPherson is back with us today. Independent journalist, political commentator, host of the Sky News program, The Late Debate. James, a special welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me. Hey, James, uh, Yana uh, Stewart, uh, she's saying the Labor Party needs to reflect the increasingly non-white face of Australia. Uh, What are your impressions here? Well, there's, there's a couple of things to this. She's She's making this recommendation at the Labor Party's national conference in August. Incidentally, listeners should know there's a number of uh, incredibly extreme proposals going to that conference, uh, not least of which uh, Labor members of uh, a group called Emily's List. And those members include Tanya Plebisek, Penny Wong, um, Anne Ali. So these are not insignificant Labor figures. They're pushing uh, for not only abortion on demand, but for abortion to be paid for by taxpayers, but not only for abortion to be paid for by taxpayers, but for taxpayers to pay transportation costs for a woman to get to the abortion clinic if she lives in a regional area. So, you know, we're always told that abortion should be legal, safe and rare. Now you've got senior Labor MPs pushing for abortion to be uh, provided at will on the taxpayer dime and for travel costs to be paid as well. So that's one of the extreme ideas that's going to the National Conference of the Labor Party in August. But uh, Yana Stewart is proposing at the conference that when Labor are selecting their candidates, they should select them according to a quota based on the colour of their skin. Now, it's difficult to know how Labor are going to say no to this because they've already got a quota for women. So if you're going to argue that a certain number of MPs must have breasts, it's inconsistent then to say that we shouldn't select MPs based on the colour of their faces. So we may well end up with a situation where our politicians are not selected because they are the most qualified or they are the most able, but rather because they've got the skin colour that um, we require to tick a certain number of boxes. It's really quite an incredible suggestion, but even more incredible is the fact that you could well imagine the Labor Party will embrace this. And if they do, it's not only bad for equality, but it's terrible uh, for the future of the country. A lot of examples might come to mind for listeners. Uh, One that often does appear in conversation is around the American Civil Rights Movement and uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who made profound comments uh, that led to uh, the uh, liberation of uh, the way that, uh, you know, black people in the United States have been treated. Is there any sort of alignments here we can draw about colour and representation here in Australia, do you think? Well, it's funny you mentioned Dr Martin Luther King. I mean, he would be aghast at what is being done in the name of racial liberation. I mean, he famously said that he hoped for a day when his children would be judged not by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. And yet here we have a Victorian Labor senator, the first Victorian Indigenous Labor senator, saying that she hopes candidates will be judged first and foremost 
by the colour of their skin, and hopefully they'll have some um, meritocracy as well. Uh, she literally told the City Morning Herald, and I'm, I'm quoting for you, Neil, she said, I'm keen to add a colour lens to all that we do. I almost fell off my chair when I read that over my morning coffee, that a Labour Party senator keen to consider people according to their colour. It's the exact antithesis of everything Dr Martin Luther King taught. Uh, quite incredible, really. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of ways that quotas could uh, be brought into an equation politically. I- I'm just thinking, and uh, you know, a little, maybe a little bit off track here, but uh, should children represent children? And then <laughs> the, the, the face of Greta Thunberg came into my mind, and I thought, well, that's a global <laughs> representation of children uh, in a political level. So you might take that to an extreme too, might not you? Exactly right. And once you start down this road, where do you stop? Uh, If we're going to have quotas for women, why not quotas for black people? If we're going to have quotas for black people, why not quotas for gay people? If we're going to have quotas for gay people, why not quotas for seniors and for uh, children and for teenagers? Why not a couple of toddlers sitting in the parliament? Why don't we have quotas for people with brown hair, blonde hair, and, and God knows gingers need to be represented in the federal parliament. And so once you start down this road of insisting that we need to cover off every identity box, you end up not with a federal parliament. You end up with um, some sort of weird university politic uh, seminar run amok. And then what if uh, those minorities that are seeking the quotas now uh, actually then uh, discover that there are more people qualified in the minority side than on uh, the other side? Uh, then you've got the opposite, you know, the pendulum swings another way. I guess there's all sorts of d- dangers or uh, all sorts of ways that could go. Well, it's funny you should say that, Neil, because uh, Yana Stewart, as I said, she is a Indigenous senator from Victoria well, Indigenous people make up, I think it's 3.2% of the national population, but they make up 5% of the federal parliament. So Indigenous people are actually overrepresented right now. So I'm wondering if Yana Stewart is so committed to representation, will she be the one to quit parliament so that it's more representative of Indigenous people? Get that 5% closer to the true 3.5% mark that uh, is Indigenous representation. And, of course, she's not going to volunteer to do that because representation only flows one way, doesn't it? You know, when you talk, um, and I guess you'd say this is an extremism. Um, you know, some people might not classify that as extremism at all, but you mentioned the ALP National Conference that's coming up in August Uh, there's a lot of extreme things going forward. It seems to be that on the left side of politics, uh, people are not afraid to talk about robust, extreme things. And my my suspicion is that when you push for an extreme position, you might end up with somewhere halfway, which is actually a progressive development on what was before. There's almost this incrementalism, uh, one step closer to uh, an ultimate goal. Is this where you see things going, perhaps, in the uh, the Labor movement? Neil, you've just used a lot of words to say slippery slope, and that's exactly how they operate. They will propose very extreme measures, knowing that they won't get all that they uh, propose, but uh, when something less than that is um, enacted as policy, 
then uh, they get a win and uh, everyone else sort of, you and I, sigh uh, relief and think, well, at least it's not as extreme as we thought. And yet the whole country has moved further to the left and further from the principles of freedom, equality and uh, liberty. It's quite incredible that they call themselves progressives when everything they do um, equals regression. I mean, here we are in 2023 debating whether or not we should select parliamentarians based on the colour of their skin. I thought we were done with those debates decades ago. I thought we'd moved to a point where we were back to a biblical um, understanding that all men and women, no matter the colour of their skin, are created by God, are equal before God, and should be judged not on their racial ethnicity, but on the content of their character and on their ability. And yet here we are, having to fight these battles all over again. Your listeners may well be aware that in the United States right now, the Supreme Court has just said that universities are not allowed to prioritise black students when selecting uh, who will gain entry at you know, places like Harvard. And uh, Joe Biden has uh, raged against this and said it's unfair, unfair that uh, black Americans get priority into university. Uh, He says they need to be given priority because of the colour of their skin. Um, The argument's been made in the US, what about Asians who are the ones disadvantaged by this? A black American, to get into Harvard, needs to finish in the top 60% of students. An an Asian American needs to finish in the top 10% of students to get into the same spot at university because of the quota system that is against them. Uh, So you've got people's influential, if you can call him that, Um, Joe Biden arguing that race must be a consideration when giving opportunity. We're seeing that now here in Australia with The Voice, where you've got a uh, body being created within the Constitution that will be open only to people of a certain race. And so here we are. We're very modern people. We consider ourselves to be very progressive. And yet, on all these fronts, we're arguing a very, very old argument that I thought was settled a long time ago. Don't judge a book by its colour and don't judge people by their skin. Take people on their merits according to their uh, ability and their character. That's the way we should do things. That's what builds a great society. And uh, I'm aghast that we're starting to move away from that. It's good to think about how Christians think through the issue because uh, what is being discussed obviously brings significant societal change. So how Christians think about a comparison uh, from a quota process or a merit process. Uh, and you say, I know it's difficult to see how the ALP is going to be able to resist this uh, because there are elements within the Labor Party that are moving and they're pushing this level of extremism. It'll be hard, hard to say no. But, but this balance, quota process or merit process, we've been talking about quota, quota process, but the merit process, I'm not sure who's jumping up and down and arguing how good it is. Everyone's just talking about quotas. It's funny, you know, and as a, as a Christian, I mean, could you imagine if I said, look, Jesus was good, but I just don't see how he can represent me. I mean, he was Middle Eastern, probably olive skin. I'm quite pale. Uh, you know, I, I don't speak um, Aramaic or, uh, I, I, you know, I, I speak English. I, I really need a saviour who looks a bit more like me because I don't feel like Jesus represents me. Could, could you imagine if we started speaking like that? And yet that's exactly the kind of language and the kind of absurdity that uh, 
people in the Labour Party that people like Joe Biden are talking about. You know, the Apostle Paul says, in Christ there is neither free nor slave, male nor female, Greek nor Jew. In other words, don't judge people by the colour of their skin. Every person is made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore the least interesting thing about them is their skin colour. And, of course, as Christians, uh, we say there are not many races, but one human race. Uh, You alluded to that, but as an overall guiding principle, when you've got this entrenchment of a race-based difference that is now becoming the norm in Australian society, the Christian perhaps needs to be constantly reminded that, no, there is one human race created in the image and likeness of God. Just understanding that one principle helps to resolve a lot of these challenging extreme differences, doesn't it, uh, when we come to these issues? Yeah, it's, it's so true, Neil. I mean, imagine if we just judged people as human beings. I mean, it doesn't matter what colour your skin is. The human experience is the same. Now, it, there might be different circumstances, but the key themes are the same. I mean, Shakespeare lived at a different time in a different country, and yet when I read him, he relates to my experience because in in thousands of years, the human experience has not changed. Human beings are human beings. And so if we judged people simply as humans, rather than dividing one another up into different subgroups, putting people in different boxes according to um, innate characteristics, and then using that to divide us from one another. And that's what politicians are doing. It's called identity politics. You don't treat everybody as human and therefore as having shared experiences. You divide everybody up. You pit them against each other. And then you pitch for power by saying that you'll represent one group because they're oppressed compared to a different group. That's what modern politics does. And it's the antithesis to the Christian message, which says, hey, every person is created by God. Therefore, despite our differences, we all share our creator. We all share the human experience. We don't have many saviors representing many different characteristics. We have one savior. His name is Jesus. And therefore, we all have that common bond. What if we just looked at each other on that basis and approached the public square like that rather than dividing everybody up? That would make for a great society. And so we really need to stand against this constant push by modern politics to divide everybody up. And, and God forbid we allow this sort of thinking into the church. I've heard of churches that are talking about in leadership, where we need quotas of different kinds of people in leadership, where they start to allow diversity, you know, um, um, inclusion, uh, equity, those sort of ideas into church governance. That, that really is taking a very um, anti-biblical model and bringing it into the church in the name of social justice while ignoring everything the scripture says on the commonality of mankind. We live in a growing secularization in our Australian society and if you push uh, religious thinking off to the side, out of the playing field, uh, all of these other things begin to agitate uh, for their place. Uh, Interesting, isn't it? Because uh, we could be arguing, what about religious-based quotas? Uh, You know, the percentage of people who identify as Christian versus uh, either the nuns or any other religion. What about quotas for people with a disability uh, representative in Parliament? Uh, Those sorts of things are deepening secularisation, though. This actually adds fuel to the flame of all of these other extremes. 
and, and the problem, Neil, is it sounds good and it sounds compassionate and it sounds caring. And so it's quite seductive to people who enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. Um, but to say that a black parliamentarian can't understand, um, you know, the effect of interest rates on me or the effect of the housing crisis on me or uh, my desire for my children to have quality education or access to health care, etc., etc., is really quite insulting. It doesn't matter the colour of your skin. It doesn't matter where you came from. The human experience, though it might look different for different people, has the same themes running through it. I'm a white person, but I would never say a black man can't represent me in the federal parliament. Of course he can. Of course she can. This idea that, oh, but we need to have, you know, representatives who who look like or come from similar backgrounds, it, it sounds compassionate and it sounds nice but it's actually quite evil because it diminishes the humanity of people and there's lessons to be learned uh, from the history of the church here Uh, just let me run this by you Um, there's been a practice that has plagued uh, churches throughout the last 2000 years this practice of nepotism Uh, The thought that you would choose a family member or a friend uh, to have leadership positions in the church. And, of course, uh, when those sorts of choices are made, uh, expertise is set aside and that leads to poor governance. It's been a dreadful disaster in so many instances. The same sort of principle applies to governance of a nation, doesn't it? You can't be nepotistic. You can't just choose uh, one group just because of the colour of their skin or whatever other characteristic, because uh, that's going to do away with merit and you won't have the best people leading you. Anthony Albanese has a son, Neil, so you never know. We could end up with a second Albanese <laughs> in the lodge. But yeah, <laughs> you never know. You're right. We need to get back to judging people on their merit and taking people uh, as they are uh, rather than putting them in boxes based on as you say, their family or the skin colour or a million other different traits that we could divide them into. And uh, that principle of, you know, what looks good in symbolism may not work in practice. Uh, If you extend all of this and, you know, if it starts with gender and it moves to uh, race or skin colour, what about sporting teams? I know that's been suggested. Uh, Diplomatic delegations who will represent the nation overseas. Uh, What about media presenters? Uh, What about the lineup on the bench for the late debate? Uh, All sorts of things come into question, don't they? Hey, James... I'll get your comment on that maybe another time. Hey, uh, this is uh, this is great. And for listeners, to connect with James McPherson, you might want to receive articles like the one we've been talking about today, thought-provoking and challenging articles. You can subscribe for free, jamesmcpherson.substack.com, jamesmcpherson.substack.com. Keep an eye out for James's book, Woketopia, Laying Bare the Lunacy of Woke Culture. James McPherson, uh, independent journalist, political commentator, host of the Sky News program, The Late Debate. James, great getting your insights. Thanks for your update today on 2020. Thanks for your time, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.